Hi there, friends. Welcome back to the State Tax Show, your home for the world of state and local tax. I'm Matt Hunsaker. On today's show, we finish our tour of the Northwest and take a look at the Oregon Commercial Activity Tax and the latest on Portland local taxes. It seems like I have about a million bar licenses, which is kind of the nature of a multi-state tax practice. And I'm always having to look up when I got licensed in particular jurisdictions. And so earlier today, I had to look up my California bar license date. And so I went to the attorney lawyer search page and typed in Hunsaker, which is not a particularly common last name. And guess how many Hunsakers popped up? Well, in the history of the state of California, there have been 10 lawyers with the last name Hunsaker. One of these in particular caught my attention, and that was license number 320. Keep in mind, I'm about 300,000. And that license was issued in 1882 to a gentleman named William Jefferson Hunsaker. Well, that piqued my interest because that's quite a while ago. And so I did some sleuthing and discovered that William is my third cousin. Four times removed, though. I looked at his death certificate and some other documents, and it's interesting that he started practicing in 1882, and then he retired in December of 1932 at age 77. So he'd been practicing for 50 years. Unfortunately, William did not get to enjoy many golden years. In fact, he retired in December of 1932 and then died in L.A. in January of 1933. So only a couple of weeks, actually. That may or may not be interesting to you, but I thought it was interesting, so I'm sharing it anyway. Three weeks in a row in the West. This should be our last before we migrate somewhere else. Let's see what's happening in Oregon. Earlier this year, Oregon joined Texas, Washington, and Ohio by adopting a broad-based gross receipts tax. Well, sort of. You do get a deduction, much like the Texas franchise tax or margin tax, as the non-purists call it. The corporate activity tax went into effect on January 1st of this year. It's basically a gross receipts tax with a 0.57% rate on commercial activity over $1 million. The tax base is transactions and activity in the regular course of a trade or business, less some exclusions that were not going to bother with today. And then you get to take the greater of one of two deductions. That's either 35% of cost inputs or 35% of labor inputs. Some people call it the cat subtraction, and that's what we'll call it today. The Oregon Department of Revenue has been hard at work on getting regs in place. And earlier this year in January, or maybe it was February, 
they started issuing temporary administrative rules. And then last month in May, I think it was on the 26th, they held a public hearing on those rules. There were a lot of concerns raised, as you can probably imagine, with the new tax, but most dealt with the cat subtraction. The main issue is that there's a mismatch between the statute and the rules for how you apportion the cat subtraction. The statute requires apportionment in the manner required under Oregon's corporate income tax statute, but the regs use a commercial activity ratio, which is basically commercial activity sourced to Oregon divided by commercial activity everywhere. And it's kind of a pain to compute both, but there are some circumstances in which it could be a good thing because the Oregon corporate income tax has a throwback rule, but the commercial activity ratio does not. There's also a bit of a hitch in the rules because corporations can take the employee's cost component in the cat subtraction, but partnerships don't. A little bit of an oversimplification there. So there's a little bit of an inequity between different types of uh, legal entities. One thing that's going to be interesting is that the cat requires worldwide unitary combination, so it's not a water's edge state. And this, as you probably know, is pretty novel. I mean, Alaska, I think, is the only state that has mandatory worldwide combination, and that's just for oil companies. So it's it's kind of interesting that that Oregon is essentially kind of on the forefront of two different things at the same time. One is this kind of nascent emergence of gross receipts tax, and then second is the erosion of water's edge combination by requiring worldwide combination. The proposed rules are not yet final. There's still some opportunity for public comment. The first returns are not due until April 15th of next year, and there are still plenty of ambiguities remaining. So the time is now to start planning for filing positions. And that's not all. There's also some ambiguities in how the tax base is calculated and some planning opportunities around that. So if you are an Oregon taxpayer, uh, I would start taking a close look at these things now before the filing season comes upon you. I'll be back with more when we get closer to having final regs. This has been very interesting to follow from a Texas perspective. I recall vividly the rulemaking process that the controller's office went through way back in 2007 when they were trying to, to implement the, at that time, very novel margin-based franchise tax. If Oregon's experience is anything like Texas's experience, you can expect plenty of tweaks in the coming years to both the statute and the final regulations. If you have listened to the show, you know that I have long predicted that local taxes are going to be the wave of the future. Well, we have a new one now in Portland, Oregon. Back on May 19th, voters in the greater Portland area, that's an area comprised, or is it composed? I can never get comprised or composed right. But in any event, it's made up of three counties. And the voters in those three counties approved a ballot measure to impose a new personal income tax and business profits tax. The taxes are supposed to be used to support homeless services. 
And that may sound familiar to you. It's a lot like the San Francisco gross receipts tax that is in the courts right now. It also sounds a lot like the Seattle head tax that got passed, was that back in 2018? Anyway, I'm not sure when it was passed, but it was immediately repealed. We'll see if Portland's tax has some greater longevity. The tax goes into effect in 2021, and at a high level, it's a 1% tax on married couples filing joint returns with more than $200,000 in taxable income, or $125,000 for individuals. The tax, though, only applies to income over that threshold amount. Interestingly, the tax also applies to non-residents, but only on income earned within the Portland metro area. Business entities are also subject to the tax, but only if their gross receipts are over $5 million, and that tax rate is 1% as well. I wish I could tell you more, but the tax is pretty bare bones right now. We just have what was on the official ballot measure, so the nuts and bolts remain a little fuzzy. Well, that's it for this week. Next week, I might do the mailbag episode. I'm also working on an interesting single sales factor episode with my daughter, but she is heading to see cousins this week, so we might have to push that off a bit. But when we get to it, it's going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Until next week, this is Matt Hunsaker for The State Tax Show. State Tax Show podcast is produced by Baker and Hostetler, LLP, and is for informational purposes only. It is intended to inform our clients and other friends of the firm about current legal developments of general interest. Issues discussed should not be construed as legal advice, and listeners should not act upon the information contained in this podcast without professional counsel. In some jurisdictions, this podcast may constitute attorney advertising. The hiring of a lawyer is an important decision that should not be based solely upon advertisements. Please visit BakerLaw.com for more information about our practices and experience.